0: Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. Joining me and Kerry tonight on Hiraith is members of the Green Party talking about their recent decision to back independence for Wales. On the pod we have Anthony Slaughter, the leader of the Green Party in Wales. Hello Anthony. Hi. Uh, and we've got Emily Duran, the Green Party councillor in Powys. Hi. might. So Anthony, would you be able to give us a bit of the background on the on the Green Party in Wales, sort of I think most people who are interested in politics know about the Green Party, but how successful has the Green Party in Wales been to this point? Obviously, you've got Emily as a councillor, but have you ever had an MP or a, and a member of the Senate yet?
1: Yeah? Well, no, we haven't had a member of the Senate. That will change next year. There's the um, history of Kinnock Gavis, the group ply Green MP, I'm sure we'll talk about more later on, but as a standalone party, Wales Green Party haven't had an MP elected, no. Unfortunately, in England and Wales, we still only have Caroline Lucas as an elected MP, but she does the work of 20 MPs. I mean, I, I've been an active member for just over 10 years. And funnily enough, you should ask this because I had a phone call, a Zoom meeting yesterday with the political archives at the National Library of Wales because the story about India, uh, Vote for India sort of sparked their interest and they realised that they didn't have an awful lot on us. Well, the Green Party became the Green Party mid 80s, 1985 which had formerly been the Ecology Party. The Scots voted to leave in 89, they voted to go independent in 89, very soon afterwards. And then in 1991, Wales Green Party became the very clumsy term, what we call semi-autonomous party within the Green Party of England and Wales. So it's been Wales Green Party since um, 1989, stood in elections ever since, sorry, 1991, stood in elections ever since then, Best results were probably in 2015, we saved several deposits as the ongoing green surge. Very good results in the European elections last year, obviously because of voting system. Our best assembly, as it was called then, results were in 2011 when we came very, very close to getting the fourth list seat in South Wales Central. So that's where we are now. Um, Membership is growing again. I was deputy leader in 2014-2015. And that's when the Green Surge was going on across the UK. And that was a very exciting time because it was like watching a taxi meter, watching the membership numbers. I'd log on to the website every few hours just to see how many more people had joined. There's a bit of a downturn after the disappointing Senate result in 2016. But I'm quite pleased to say that we've seen a steady, sure, but steady increase in membership for the last 14, 16 months and revival of some once dormant local parties. So we're getting back to a stage where there is a local party active in every area of Wales.
0: Emily, how did the Green Party get to this stage? How did it get to the stage where you're voting to support Welsh independence?
2: Uh, Well, I think that that story goes back a lot longer than my time in Wales. So I can't speak for the whole party. I suppose we saw the uh, referendum within the party that is... Talked about a lot, where the party decided not to split entirely with the England and Wales Green Party. At the time, there was a lot of debate about it, and it, and and the debate did carry over to the debate of, about independence. But it was felt by the party membership that the two things were not really related, and that we should consider them separately. Um, and one thing at a time so I think over the past couple of years what's probably changed is well we've seen uh, huge disappointments coming from Westminster um, all sorts of uh, attempts to grab power you know just a huge change in um, the, the picture across the whole of the UK I think it's just given most of the party that kind of confidence the membership the confidence that that we needed to bring the issue of independence forward because it's, it's fundamentally a green policy to go for localised decision-making, greater autonomy. You know, the whole, I mean, the Green Party is, is really founded on gra- grassroots uh, idea, ideology and, and is a grassroots movement in itself, especially, you know, it still is really in Wales. So I think it was always going to happen. It's just the natural course of the party in Wales and it will continue.
1: In the run-up to the 2015 general election, I was the Wales representative on the um, GPW election manifesto steering group with the specific task of actually coming to deciding on a policy because we'd fudged it up until then so what was the Green Party's policy going to be on independence in Wales and the form of words that we came up then which went into the manifesto and became Wales Green Party policy in 2015 was that the Wales Green Party believed in as much devolution up to and including full independence as voted for by people of Wales in any given referendum. Because as Emily said, we're a party that believes in power being devolved to the lowest possible level, so independence is a logical next step of that. But there were there was a gradual there was a shift in the mood within the party even then, because two years later a conference where our policies gets made, that policy was changed to Wales' we party believes that independence is a long-term aspiration for Wales. Something that I used to say, I think we're gonna come on to later, but when we had the debate about where whether the Green Party should go independent, I always said it was not only desirable, it was inevitable. And I think the mood within the party about independence follows that logic as well. And so that's led to this motion coming to the recent conference replacing that because there's a lot of internal, we've had a lot of internal discussions as well saying, OK, we're saying we'll respect the results of the referendum. What are we going to say when that referendum is called? Are we just going to be a mess of lots of different opinions? And so I think that was what this prompted Neil to bring this motion to the conference to say, just find out for once and for all, would the Wales Green Party campaign for independence? And I'm pleased to say it was overwhelmingly supported. And yes, it's at conference, conference is always a minority of members, but I'm also being quite pleasantly surprised by that experience. very little pushback in the last few days. You know, no one's thrown their, their toys out of the pram and stalked off because that's not what they believe in. It's, an, it's a policy that's evolved. It shows a maturing, and um, a Wales Green Party that feels stronger in itself,
0: I think everyone's seen in the last few days on social media, um, there were a lot of people who were very pleasant about the news, very happy about the news, supported your decision. And there were a lot of people who, even though they're pro-independence, the first thing they asked is, why didn't you vote to become an independent party when you had the chance?
2: I just firstly disagree that there was a lot of people um, that asked that question. There were several but out of the almost two thousand that engaged with it, there weren't really that many who asked that question. But it is a question that we do get sometimes asked, and I think um, really we probably get asked that question because our leader at the time, Grenville Ham, uh, felt that it didn't that the result um, was so important to him that he had to leave the party. So I think it really became a lot more public and and a lot bigger bigger an issue than it really was because fundamentally the decision was to do with other things it wasn't it wasn't to do with party ideology so yeah of course some people still have that question on their minds Um, I think it's you know it's 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 been quite helpful really because it's raised the question and we've been able to explain our point of view Um, but uh, you know not everybody's going to agree with us and that's that's absolutely fine
1: it's a it's a very valid question and one always happy to answer, except when it comes in block letters or one word. You want the party of England in Wales, then you know there's no point engaging there. But and I think again, another interesting thing on the weekend, it didn't come up in any of the conversations. It wasn't the two issues weren't conflated. And I'm I'm an example of that because I wasn't in I didn't hold any office at the time of that referendum. But as the ex-deputy, I was one of the people who's who did public campaign saying, no, we shouldn't leave GPW just yet. And like I said earlier, but I said at the time, we will be in an independent party. It's desirable and it's inevitable. But it just wasn't the right time. So I'm someone who campaigned for us to stay stay in the bigger party for now, but I'm also someone who's wholeheartedly behind this decision on Saturday to campaign for independence. I'd say to people, it was a shame that some people felt they had to leave. It was sort of the David Cameron mistake of calling a referendum and not being ready to get the result you didn't want it was quite a clear result as well, which, while not good for the people who wanted us to leave, I was pleased that it was a clear result. So the issue just went away then, internally. It will come up again, and as we get nearer to a referendum, it will become an issue. And funnily enough, I've, I've talked to Kinnock about this, and he, his advice at the time was, you're not ready yet, you're not big enough yet. And my feeling is, get a Senate member elected, and then we're ready, then it will happen. I mean, two things will happen, within the next year. We'll get Senate member elected, or two, or three, hopefully. And Scotland will move ever, ever closer to having that referendum. And so that will sharpen people's minds. And I think going back to why the parties voted to support independence, we haven't really touched on, I think the pandemic as well. And that's highlighted devolution for a lot of people. It's made people aware. I think even some people in Welsh government got a bit of a shock. You can see them on the daily daily briefings sort of growing in confidence. We're actually ministers, we've got powers, much to Boris's distaste. And I think that's highlighted. And within the Green Party, and I know within the wider political world in Wales as well, the internal markets has really, really frightened a lot of people. And that's sharpened the idea that you know, if we're not careful, devolution is going to be destroyed by this Westminster power grab. So I think that helped make a lot of people in Wales Green Party, it wouldn't be tribal, tribally nationalist. Independence isn't a matter of, that, of nationalism for them. But it is about control at a local level. And I think that has really helped it. But yeah, on the on the subject of separate parties, no one's raised it yet. I think strengthened by this, someone probably will bring it back to conference in a year or two. As Emily said, we are a grassroots, we are a democratic organisation. It is up to the members.
2: But these are two very different questions. You know, the question of do you want to separate your administration and finances and governance entirely from the England and Wales Green Party is is really a question about you know, what resources you currently have at the time and who's ready to take on certain roles and, and that sort of thing. Whereas the question on independence is a much clearer, a much easier question to answer. That's, do you believe in environmental justice? Do you believe in social justice? Do you believe in fairness? Um, and that's an easy question to answer because that's essentially what what independence will achieve for Wales.
0: Would you be able to provide me some clarity about why the Green Party believe in independence you've mentioned social justice uh, there emily how, how does it fit in with a green view of the world and how would an independent wales allow you to achieve those those green goals aren't issues like climate change dealt with better at a sort of multi-state level than they are at an independent state level
1: well, one one thing i always say is um and lots of green say this we're an internationalist party that believes in localism a you know, party. it's not just the green party england and wales we're a party if you're a member of Wales Green Party, you're a member of the European Greens, and you're a member of the Global Greens, and, and we see them growing across the world. Said earlier, we believe in power being devolved to the lowest possible level. Obviously, and you've highlighted you know, the, the climate emergency, it involves cooperation. But looking at the way the UK's government at the moment, I think an independent Welsh government would be far more effective in those negotiations and working with other countries and the EU and other organisations. And we've seen that because in some ways, Within the UK, Wales has led the way. I mean, it's not perfect, but it moves in the right direction with things like Wellbeing and Future Generations Act, signing up to the Wellbeing, Governments, Wellbeing Economy Governance Alliance. So I think we're not saying independent small nations to sort it, but independent nations working together. And we saw the ratification on the weekend of the ban on weapons of mass destruction. And that primarily got to the 50 needed to make it international law, mostly by small nations signing up to it and working together.
2: You know, we, we what we've seen so far with devolution, as Anthony was saying, um, has achieved quite a lot for Wales, but um, there's still a lot, a lot to be done and there's still places that we need to go. And these these are very much aligned with green ideology and green policies. As I said, it is about grassroots and it is about local control and and justice, But it and, and it's about inequality. Um, we don't get a fair deal from Westminster and I don't think we ever will. Um, it's not getting any better. It's perhaps getting worse. The internal markets bill um, is threatening Uh, a lot more than we've seen previously and I mean it's leaving the um, Welsh farming community with a huge amount of uncertainty and questions and, um, you know, it's, it's not looking good. So these decisions, they just keep getting made without our say. We need control of our infrastructure spending. We need control of delivery of broadband. You know, we need control of energy, major projects. We need control of um, our natural resources. And these things are all uh, very much aligned with, with green policies and green thinking.
0: So would you be able to provide a bit of clarity on what the motion actually said? Does it, does it mean that you will actively now campaign for independence and for an independence referendum for Wales, or just that if a referendum were to happen, you would campaign in favour of independence?
1: Word, yeah, the wording does say, in the event of a referendum, Wales Green Party will campaign for independence. It's implicit in that, and I suspect, I expect, next year's conference, there'll be a motion to clarify that. It's possibly people brought the motion were trying to hedge their bets and got a bit surprised by how well it was received. But it's implicit in the statement, isn't it? You can't if you believe in independence, and that's how it's been reported. If we're going to campaign for independence in a referendum, Wales Green Party obviously believes that independence is the answer for Wales, and the route to that is through a referendum. And I think again, going back to Scotland, when things become clearer in Scotland next year, that might be the time. And also, I think. It's been pointed out in several blogs, and we're, like any party, we're a coalition of different interests, and some people won't agree with us at all, some people will be on the fence, um, but we're a party that doesn't whip, elected Greens don't get whipped to toe the party line. So come a referendum, we might have some members who don't agree with us campaigning for it, but I've got the feeling, and from talking to people, and the way it's been received by the wider indie movement to me feels like, and I've got to say as well, that's been really overwhelmingly positive. There's been very little point storing or. You know, we've talked about Green Party, England Wales stuff. There's been very, very little of that. There's just been really good welcoming from people from the Indy campaign. And I think it'll become inevitable. And we'll see what our candidates talk about in, in the election campaign, because it will be a question and we are going to have to answer it. And my feeling is that, yes, but this is, I have to stress, this is me speaking. This isn't adopted policy yet, but yes, we should be calling for a referendum.
2: I mean, so when I'm the lead list candidate for the Middle West region for the Senate elections and in my um, Hustings speech, I made it very clear that independence is something that I would pursue and work towards. So I think I've um, been able to make my position on it very clear. And I suppose that also gives me the mandate then to use it in, um, in my election campaign uh, but like Anthony said, something I really wholeheartedly respect about the Green Party is we're a party with a very strong ideology, but we don't whip. So um I mean I I, I hope, I would like I would like to think, and I'm sure this referendum and um, sorry, this decision that we've recently made, you know, it indicates that probably there will be members campaigning. But it hasn't. So we we are still developing our um, Senate election campaign. We are still writing our manifesto. Our manifesto is, you know, being put together by a committee of members and it's not yet finalised. So I wouldn't like to, yeah, to sort of predict basically what, what's going to be on there. I know what I'll be asking for. Well,
1: the, the way it works as well, it's worth knowing is um, what was voted for at the conference? with our policy. We've got this policy document, Policies for a Sustainable Society in Wales, and that's basically our stance on every issue, every issue really. It's our policy document basically, but it's not the manifesto. The manifesto is a separate separate piece of work. The only com- constraint is that you can't have anything in the manifesto that contradicts any of these policies that have been voted for. So that doesn't rule out a manifesto, but like Emily said, it's the early stages of the manifesto, but it doesn't rule out the manifesto commitment to calling for a referendum. That will be something to be decided in the coming months.
0: So you talked a little bit about about the uh, the reaction of members. What's the reaction been like in the media? Has it been more or less of a splash than you thought it would?
1: Less of a splash from the media, and that's that highlights the problem that we've got in Wales, doesn't it? We? we don't have much of a Welsh political media. It's and that that's one of the big big problems that hinders this whole debate yeah, Martin Shipton did a piece on it that, as a journalist, and as a journalist who likes to poke around, he, he focused on the England and Wales aspect, unfortunately. But yeah, it's, I'd expected more response. There was sort of from organisations online, there was a lot of very, very good positive response. It sort of highlights two things. I think, like I said, it highlights the lack of any serious political media in Wales dealing with Welsh politics and the indifference of the English media to Welsh politics.
2: I imagine there are reasons why it's not made quite the splash it has, and that will probably be because there are sections of um, Welsh media that maybe feel it's a bit of a threat. Although, you know, my head is 99% of the time so focused on Powys and my ward and the issues happening in my ward with COVID, with all the rest of it, that I have to admit that at this point my you know my outlook isn't to what's happening in the media i've done absolutely nothing myself to promote it other than a quick tweet that um actually i wasn't expecting to see much engagement from but obviously it did go quite nuts so it obviously you know it is an issue that people care about and whether or not the press decide to report on it you know that's not something we can control and um there's not a journalist on this earth that doesn't have their own bias
0: you mentioned there, Emily. Obviously, yeah. powers has been in the news this week uh, with the news that their Brecon and Radnorshire's long-standing member of the Senate or Assembly member, depending on your yes place in history, is standing down. What are the Green Party plans for that? Obviously, I don't know whether you've seen the article by our wonderful Kerry of this of this parish's article this week, talking about the potential for there being a well calling perhaps for a new electoral pact between the Green Party and Plaid Cymru. Do you think that's something that could? could possibly happen in in BNR and if not BNR then in the future?
2: I mean you know this the the news um, I don't think it was a surprise to a lot of people Kirsty has worked extremely hard for such a long time and um, she's been a really important uh, an important person in in Brecon and Radnor's history and you know, she really has had an impact on so many people's lives. And she's a hard act to follow. I can't see the Liberal Democrats having um, the same kind of success with her departure. I think um, she really carried the party. And I think that leaves uh, a window so, yeah, we're having conversations, but I can't give you any sort of final answer on that yet. We've got a party meeting next week to discuss our strategy. And I'm always talking with my Plaid Cymru colleagues in Powys. We work very well together. We work very closely together. Um, you know, we've talked about it previously and it's really about timing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not my decision alone.
0: Anthony, you have obviously worked with uh, Plaid Cymru in the past in electoral packs that also included... The Liberal Democrats, who I can't imagine will be willing to stand down in BNR uh, in this instance. But do you think there's any chance that you implied now that you align on the independence issue could ever conceivably have an electoral pack, or even run a, a joint candidate like Conan Davis in the past?
1: I'm an active, very active member of Compass. with Compass quite a lot, so my stance on cross-party working is very, very similar to Kerry's. It can be a very positive thing. And it was a real eye-opener being involved in the United to Remain negotiations, sort of representing World's Green Party. In that. And to be honest, at the beginning, just sort of feeling back from that and thinking, this is never going to happen. How are three parties going to strike a deal on 60 seats? And they did. And there was a lot of positivity in the air about this year in Wales then, and it, it's, it's gone very quiet. I mean, we will always talk to anybody, well, not anybody, sorry, that's, that's, that's anybody on the progressive left, sorry. It's something to be explored, it's not hearing a lot from other parties right now, so then we'll, we also have the situation where local parties are autonomous within the Wales Green Party. The Wales Green Party Council, Executive Committee, can suggest and advise but it can't stop a local party making a decision. That gets a bit awkward with the regions, because three of the regions have more than one local party, so it's able to work together as well. I wouldn't rule anything out, but like Emily said, nothing's been decided yet. I would like to see us highlighting, you know, we had the recently the Future Generations Commission, put their, their manifesto out for the future. And I would like to see some closer cross-party working because there's a lot of stuff in there that we all agree on for Wales. And that's possibly the first step. Let's agree on these things that we need to see happen in Wales. And how can we work together to make them happen in Wales? And at some point that might mean electoral pacts. It might just be non-aggression pacts. It might. And I I said, I've said about the local party autonomy, but that can, in 2017, across more in England than Wales, that went horribly wrong because people thought there was a progressive alliance and there wasn't a progressive alliance and local parties were making ill-informed decisions. So I would like to see something structured and we will always talk, always talk to the other progressive parties.
2: I think it's quite a hard time to, to make decisions on these things because the polls are so turbulent and we've <laughs> seen such a huge amount of change. You know, it, it feels almost way too early um, to really be making these big decisions. I mean, it's only t- only May 2021, but, you know, what a significant change we're seeing every three months at the moment.
1: There's also ah. the issue as well, you know, quite often we have a problem, bigger problem in England, you know, that Labour will target Greens more than they'll target Tories. Seen as a soft target. So, the big question on my mind now is I think there are probably two strands of implied. There'll be people who really welcome it, and we've had messages from some, and really welcome you being on board with us on this this policy. And I suspect there'll be some who see it as a threat. And it'll be rather than saying we should work together, it'll be we've got to get them off our territory. It's going to to depend on both how we treat the idea and also how the other parties treat the idea.
0: So, you mentioned the Unite to Remain uh, negotiations, Anthony. At any point during those negotiations, was the Senate election mentioned, or is it just just for the general election at the time that there was negotiations about the the pact?
1: Not formally, no.
0: Away from B and R and looking towards next year, where do you think the uh, the opportunities for growth are for the for the Green Party? we we've talked we we've had Lauren James and Sean Thomas on in the past to talk about your electoral chances next year, but. Do you think there are enough space for the Greens at the moment in Welsh politics?
1: You've got to look at the historical moments as well. I mean, we had the fantastic result in New Zealand last week with the Greens increasing their vote. obviously, And that's a fairly similar system, but slightly better one than ours. But then you've got, I mean, quite shocked doing this, preparing for my conference, opening speech for conference. Greens in Europe are in government in one, one shape or form in eight countries in Europe now. You know, there's a growing appetite. There's, of course, the voting system is stacked so heavily against us here, but the regionalist does give us a bit of a chance. And yes, I remember Lauren Lawrence said on your on your show that we were going to get five Senate members next year, so set the bar. But having said that, the first Welsh political bronze poll this year was saying that we would get one regionalist seat in each region. It's kind of gone back to normal, sort of the normal level, three four percent. But what has been interesting is we keep leapfrogging the Lib Dems at the moment in polling, both on Westminster in Welsh People's Westminster voting Intentions and also the regionalists. It's the last administration in the UK that doesn't have a green on it, an elected green. So it's it's something that should happen. I, I, I sometimes say, I think, and others have said it as well, the failure to get a Green Senate member is a almost bigger failure than not getting a second MP, because we, we should be able to do it. And we came close in 2011. I think we can do it. It's not. It's going to take a lot of work. We, we've got brilliant candidates. So Emily, you well, know, South Wales East, Megan Lloyd in South Wales West, and Yolo, Cass Jones up in the North. As Emily said, things are changing so much every month now. Who knows? We have crashed out of crashed out of the EU. We'll probably be in our third wave of lockdowns. It's going to be a very, very strange environment. And it's also going to be, I do worry about the tone of the election, given the abolish assembly party, the Brexit party, Tory party viewing more and more towards anti-devolution. In some ways I worry that it's going to be like a rerun of the um, EU referendum with very establishment people waging a phony war on what they call the establishment and that might help on the talk of parties working together that might help push the progressive parties closer together to tackle that threat.
0: Emily where do you see the opportunities for growth next year for the Greens?
2: Well I I mean i genuinely see opportunity across all of Wales. And that's partly because I do think we've got a really stellar um, candidate list (laughs) this year. I think, you know, every single one of our regional um, lead list candidates is really excellent. But it's also because I feel, well, as a party, we have come a long way in, in, in the last couple of years. And Anthony's leadership has been really Um, fantastic he's really uh, done a huge amount to to develop the party across the whole of Wales focusing on the whole of Wales and I think you know it took us a a bit of time just to get over the bruising of Gren of Gren leaving he's a he's a fab fab guy he's a friend of mine and um, you know it was it was tough to take and you know it's taken us a little while to get back, fully back on our feet. Um, but we're really ready now. Um, we're ready as a party internally. But also, you know, across across Wales, people are really uh, desperate for change. And we know that we've seen the polls um, flipping around. That means, you know, people are ready for something different. Uh, people are really experiencing the importance of having um, a quality natural environment at their doorstep. They're seeing the importance of having, you know, of, of equality, of equal access to public services resources i think people are recognizing that the current system that we have isn't really working and you know it's not resilient you know this is a of course unprecedented it's it's given us such a knock and i think a lot of people are looking at their own lives at their own livelihoods their own families their their social lives and and seeing the the cracks in how the government is supporting them to live a really good A good life, and and not just now, but for for future generations. And you know, I'm a big believer in you've got to respect the past, the present, and the future. It's it's all three. It's it's not just one. So, and and the other parties, and and in fact, Welsh government at the moment, I must say, I was impressed with the rhetoric over the summer. But now, looking at the COVID recovery plan, I can't remember what he's called it now. Something like opportunities and choices or something. I'm sorry, but 2.6 million for nature is is criminal in the circumstances and i think a lot of people are looking at it and going this isn't a, a green recovery this is that's a lie where's the green recovery in this plan it's it's not there um, yeah there's a focus on decarbonisation but that's almost entirely almost all of that money is being set aside for investment in public transport when you know a huge amount of Wales doesn't even have we it's not going to come to the rural parts of Wales it's not going to come to Pembrokeshire, Carmarthenshire, Ceredigion, Powys it's not going to come to much of North Wales and it, and it's not really going to deliver a green recovery as he claimed it you know, he was actually gunning for at the beginning. So I think a lot of people are feeling disillusioned with um, the recovery plans that are coming out from, from Welsh Government and, you know, the people, the, the Tories, you know, they're, they're just coming out with, um, they're just on attack at the minute. I don't see anything constructive coming from there. So I feel like, you know, as a party, we have a huge amount of up to offer right now. We have very well thought through ideas about how we would um, rebuild the economy but in an extremely sustainable way that's focused on quality of life and livelihoods and looking at the economy as a system of resource distribution not as a driver for growth um, because that is counter to our ideology so you know this is a this is our time i i really believe we're going to have at least one senes member I, i'm not sure we'll get five um we're gonna go for it but you know i think we'll have at least one we may be lucky and have two um but we we are definitely you know for the first time in a long time i think voting green is an absolutely worthwhile viable option in wales
1: yeah just sort of echoing everything that emily was saying um, and going back to Discussion about the vote to support campaigning for independence. A lot of the feedback we were getting over the weekend on social media and through emails, it felt like a lot of people had been given. They were really pleased they could now vote for the Green Party because that was something that had stopped them, and they really want to vote Green. As I said earlier, I've been an active member for 10 years, so I've been involved in election campaigns at every level, and we've never been this motivated, never been this organised. It feels like it feels like a really good time. It feels really good. I mean been the big frustration of the summer for every party you haven't been able to be out there talking to people on the doorsteps over the summer which is what we needed to be doing but it just does really feel like people are ready for it there's an appetite for it and if, if you're a voter in mid and west wales and you just heard emily speaking then about the labour government who would you want in the senate holding them to account scrutinizing them you'd want emily there and like she said we we've, we've got excellent candidates not just the lead list candidates we've got some really, really star quality candidates across the country, because that leads to the other things as well. Next year, we will have a successful campaign, but we will also go and build on that, because then we've got the local authority elections the following year, 2022. And my ambition is for us to see local authority, green local authority councillors across Wales joining Emily. Emily has shown the power of having one green voice in a room, the change it makes, the difference it makes. And I, I visited Emily in her constituency, and the respect and warmth that there is, therefore, when you, when you walk around the community, it shows that people, and this is, this is key to it all. We get a Green Senate This is how it happens in every other administration. You get one or two Greens in, the next time around you get five, six, seven, because people have seen what Greens can do.
0: Well, Anthony and Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to get hold of you, what's the best way to do so?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at AS underscore Anarth. And there's also the at Wales Green Party. Twitter
0: account. Emily?
2: Yeah what? Well, I'm just checking my Twitter handle. <laughs> it's Emily V Durant, which is D-U-R-R-A-N-T, Emily V. Durrant on Twitter. Um, but you can also find me on Facebook, Emily Durrant.
0: Wonderful. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Pleasure. If
0: you like what you've heard this evening, please don't forget to find us on Medium at HereWife Blog Cumbria on Facebook at HereWriteBlogComery, and on Twitter at HereWife Blog. Thank you for listening to Heroeth. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.